0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820
1: brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Spicacelli.
0: Hello, and thanks for joining us on Answering the Call here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 and streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ficicelli. You know, it's such an honor to be introducing you to some of our newest priests in the Diocese of Columbus here on Answering the Call. And my guest today is one of our newest. He is Father Jacob Stinnett. He is parochial vicar at St. Peter in Chillicothe, which is a consortium that concludes St. Mary's and St. Mary, Queen of the Missions. We'll talk about that a little later. But uh, first, welcome Father Stinnett to Answering the Call.
1: Uh, Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Yeah, happy to be on.
0: Are you starting to get used to that name, Father Stinnett?
1: Uh, Slowly but surely. um, One of the funny things about my current assignment is I was here as a seminarian, so the people already know me as just Jacob, so it's been a learning curve for both them (laughs) and for me. Um, (laughs) Everyone, when people call out Deacon, I still sort of turn my head and, oh, they're not talking to me right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as a means of helping our listeners get to know you, uh, uh, since you are so new, tell us where you're from and a little bit about your family.
1: Sure. Uh, I grew up in Columbus in the Clintonville neighborhood. Uh, I grew up in Immaculate Conception Parish there, went to the grade school. Um, My family uh, have been parishioners there for, oh, probably about 30 years. Uh, I was baptized at Immaculate Conception, did all my sacraments there. Um, as well as my younger sister, who is uh, just graduated from college. she works up uh, outside of Cleveland now.
0: And, and so you were raised in the faith. It sounds like you were uh, lived close to your parish and, and attended regularly. And uh, what about prayer at home?
1: Yeah, so um, I wouldn't say my family was like the most devout Catholic family other, but we you know went to mass on, Sundays, we uh, had little devotions at home. We'd pray before meals, pray before going to bed. Uh, We always had the Advent wreath out, the Nativity scene, uh, all those little reminders of the the Catholic holidays as they came across the calendar. Yeah.
0: Now, you had an opportunity to have sort of a ringside seat uh, during Holy Communion before you ever even received yourself. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So this was sort of maybe the first Uh, experience of being a a minister at Mass. My father, uh, when I was a kid, was an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, and the station that he always had was with uh, one of the uh, chalices with the precious blood, and and it was always right next to the pew that we would sit in as a family. So uh, it was my job most of the weeks that he was on to hold the purificator, stand right next to him, um, and sort of pass it to him whenever somebody uh, received from the chalice. So it was, it was sort of a special little moment to be able to help out there and, and become uh, a part of, you know, in that small little way of the mass.
0: Do you think you yeah. had an idea of what the Eucharist was back then?
1: Um, probably not a very good one, uh, you know, as, as a two or three year old, but I knew it was something um, that was important Um, and that it was in some way, you know, only as a two or three year old can understand it an an encounter with God. Um, and so that made it a very important thing to do for me. Um, it was, you know, a, a great responsibility then to, to help my dad, uh, with that.
0: Do you think your parents had an inkling back then that maybe you might be a priest one day?
1: Um, maybe somewhere in their minds you know, as I was growing up and going through grade school, they do those sort of um student presentations, star star student of the week presentations or something where you go through and okay, what's your name? What's your favorite color? Uh those sort of basic questions and one of them was always, What do you want to be when you grow up? And mine changed every year. One year it was like a farmer and another year it was a scuba diver or something. Whatever sort of caught my <laughs> fancy. As we were working on those projects at home my mom or my dad, uh, would every once in a while just sort of throw in, well, maybe you could be a priest to the fish in the sea or something like that. Just like kind of keeping that open. Um, I don't know if I necessarily internalized that very much. Um, but it must've stuck somehow. Right.
0: (laughs) So they just kind of planted the seed and and then that was fine. That's what we're supposed to do as parents.
1: Exactly, exactly so you
0: had a long history in Immaculate Conception um, this is a parish that you like you say were born and raised in and grew up in um, you had a series of priests over all those years talk about the priests there and what kind of impact they each had on you
1: sure um, so the priest that baptized me and was there until I was in the seventh grade at school was Monsignor Anthony massimi um, who who is really a model of the love of God, just how it shines through in his smile and his joy and his presence Um, with us. He was one of the biggest uh, fans of sports at Immaculate Conception School. Go Rams. Um, (laughs) But I think the one thing that was a struggle for me, at least one of the reasons why I never considered priesthood until a little bit later on in my middle school years was, um, that Monsignor Massimi was a couple of generations older than I was. So sort of in my mind, my experience of priesthood growing up was, well, that's something that, you know, older people do. Sure. And, you know, why would I, you know, as a 10 year old ever even consider that I'm 50 years away um, from, <laughs> from that, um, Monsignor Massimi is still a great um, mentor and a great friend today. Uh, But certainly that um, was one, uh, I don't want to say a barrier, but but one thing that didn't call me on to think about priesthood, at least, you know, from those early years. Sure. Um,
0: Who -hmm. came after him?
1: Yeah. After Monsignor Maloney uh, was our pastor, he was there in, Uh, starting in seventh grade through uh, the first three years then of my high school uh, as well. So he was um, a little bit more introverted than Monsignor Massimi, a little bit more quiet. And that was something that I sort of identified with. Um, I've certainly had to grow in those sort of, um, you know, engaging people skills over the years. I think I'm probably more naturally introverted myself. and he was also a little bit younger and still not anywhere near my age, but, but um, it was enough to be like, oh, okay, someone without gray hair is
0: <laughs> doing
1: this. Um, and over the course of my high school years, I was the server for daily masses during the summer or, or on uh, school breaks. And in the sacristy, uh, Monsignor Maloney was really great at just you know building up a, a little bit of a rapport, a friendship, sort of uh, guiding me along and my discovering more about the mass, about liturgy about about God, uh, so that was a great great blessing.
0: And then there would be an even younger priest
1: Yeah, so now um during my last year of high school, Father Hoover uh, became the pastor of Immaculate Conception, and he's still there. Uh, he was my pastor all through seminary. Um, so that was also great to have, uh, you know, someone, uh, again, not quite my age, but still a little bit closer, um, to to make his experience of priesthood uh, more relatable to my formation in okay. becoming a priest.
0: And yeah. I know um, that Father Ty Thompson, and I, maybe I was thinking he was actually affiliated with IC, but <clears throat> I know you crossed paths with him, and I know he would have an important role in this whole thing, and especially in those um, junior high years, because that's really where your vocation story kind of begins to uh, take off. So talk about him a little bit.
1: That's right. Um, so my eighth grade year at Immaculate Conception School, uh Father Ty Thompson was with us the whole year. He was a seminarian then. Uh, He was just Mr. Uh, Ty Thompson at the time. (laughs) Um, But he was really great at um, being present with us. I think he was like 24, 25 at the time. So like, again, even closer to our our age. And um, super joyful, um, super prayerful as well, and was really good at inviting us, um, both as like a whole class and then also individually to experience God in like real ways. Um, you mentioned that that's sort of that eighth grade year is where I like to start my vocation story. Um, and there was sort of three big factors, um, that all came together at the right time that year. Um, father, now father Thompson was um, present with us throughout the year, giving us that great witness uh, to to holiness. Really, um, so that's the first thing. The second um, was that was the year we all received the sacrament of confirmation, that strengthening of the Holy Spirit in us, sort of confirming the mission that God is calling us on, uh, especially through our vocation. And then the third was uh, sort of the biggest one, one of our classmates, Seth. Uh, Jenkins, had been diagnosed with leukemia back when we were in second grade. And oh, he had wow. been battling it, you know, over the course of six years. And uh, the spring of our eighth grade year, March, he uh, he passed away from cancer. So that was mm. sort of a, a trauma for all of us. Um, and for me, it was, I think, really the first experience of, okay, I've been taught this faith. And, you know, I've said that I believe all these things, but like, here's where (laughs) it really matters. Like it's easy to have faith in the good times, but then in the bad times, all right, is that faith real? Is that going to get me through? Is that relationship with God going to strengthen me to respond to what's going on or or just be crushed by the world? Um, And I think both through my formation at home and at school up to that moment, and then also just the help of, of Monsignor Maloney, of, of Thai, and the eighth grade teachers that we had. They really opened uh, us up to, to prayer uh, and gave us the space we need and also brought us together for it. And that was really wonderful for me and for a lot of my classmates. And I think that was the first real experience I had of this is what priests do. You know, we the priests, of course, celebrate the sacraments, mass on Sunday, but that pastoral care aspect, I think that was really my first experience. And it was something that was really amazing and something I was like, wow, maybe is that something that I want to do? I could do is God calling me to do that? Right. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. It sounds like they were powerful and supportive witness to you guys. And that is a tender age. Um, and then yeah. from there uh, for high school, you would go to St. Charles. And you know, high school I know is a time when kids start to discover themselves or thinking about the future. In some cases, they have their faith challenged. Uh, What would you say happened to your faith during high school years?
1: Um. So I would say that, like, my faith really started taking off. I started investing in it myself um, at the end of that eighth grade year, and it continued through high school. Um, I think my the biggest area that really informed my faith, developed my relationship with God, was through uh, the sacred liturgy through the Mass. Um, like I said, I became uh, the daily Mass altar server uh, at Immaculate Conception during the summers and over breaks, um, started helping a lot more in that aspect on the weekends at the parish, and um, you know, just getting to know other priests, other seminarians through that was really um good to open up just my experience of here's what other priests are like, here's what they do. Um, you know, there's some commonalities but each has have their own interests, their own sort of ministries that they invest more of their time in. Sure. Um, at, at St. Charles, um, they were also supportive of vocations, um, which was great. They uh, have the chapel there at St. Charles and a group of us, would get together to pray the Liturgy the Hours a couple of days a week in the morning. Um, they had a sort of an informal club run by one of the religion teachers, uh, Mrs. Lucart. And we would meet maybe once a month. We'd have, you know, a dinner or a snack or something, some sort of food together. And um, she would invite in one of her priest friends. or We would go on an outing to a parish or, or something like that, um, just to sort of, again, broaden our horizons of what is this, you know, sort of the mystery of priesthood, um, trying to make it more and more our experience. Absolutely.
0: We're talking with Father Jacob Stinnett. He's recently ordained priest and associate vicar over at St. Peter Roman Catholic Church in Chillicothe, and you're listening to Answering the Call. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ficicelli. So, Father, when would you say the idea of priesthood then really became a serious consideration?
1: So it first popped into my head when I was in eighth grade, um, through those experiences with confirmation, with with uh, grappling with the death of our classmate, and having the presence of the, uh, the priest and the seminarian with us through all of that at immaculate conception. Um, so that was when it first popped in my head, and I think my initial uh, response was was really positive. It was like, yeah, let's go go get it. Um, sort of that uh, naive excitement. I had no idea what I was even thinking about getting into at the moment. Um, But then throughout high school, uh, those first, I think probably by the end of my sophomore year, um, I spent more time considering it, more time in prayer, more time at math. And I think that sort of um, saying yes to the idea was much more uh, mature and thought out. And it was something that certainly was more a serious consideration. Um, so over those those couple of years, just sort of reflecting more, discerning more, gaining more just practical knowledge and experience of, of the mass, of knowing priests, certainly that's uh, when it became more of a serious uh, yes, I would say.
0: I would imagine your parents were supportive of your discernment since uh, like you said, they themselves uh, may have seen something in you early on. So uh, were they supportive?
1: Yeah, absolutely. My parents, um, I think I told them I was thinking about it maybe that summer after eighth grade and they, I don't think they were surprised. Uh, they were very happy though. And yeah, from those very early days of thinking about it, they've always been behind me of, you know, taking me to mass, taking me to confession and, um, and you know giving those little encouragements uh in times of you know, struggle or or you know is this really what I want to do, or just figuring out you know growing and knowing myself too, so right. yeah they've been wonderful the whole trip
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So it sounds like, Father Stanette, your calling was gentle, steady, kind of a logical path, you know, kind of straightforward. Uh, So you'd go through the application process. You were accepted into college seminary at the Josephinum. So tell us about your Mm -hmm. undergrad
1: years. Um, So, yeah, I entered the Josephinum, the seminary, right out of high school, um, which is sort of rare these days, a lot more people, I think, go off to college or work for a few years and then enter seminary. Um, but I thought I was ready. And the, the diocese accepted me uh, right out of high school. So I did three years of uh, college studies at uh, the Josephinum. Um, and those were good years. I think the biggest thing that I took away from my formation and education in those first three years was just building up a habit of, of personal prayer. Um, In high school, I was devoted to to math and to sort of the the catechesis, learning the truths of the faith. But then internalizing that and with a relationship with God that was, you know, a daily conversation or a daily turning to him uh, was definitely something that uh, was built up during those first few years in college seminary.
0: So academically, it sounds like St. Charles had prepared you well.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. I I think my years at St. Charles were m- more difficult than my years at the Josephinum academically. Yeah, so <laughs> I did a great job.
0: Um, one thing I hear a lot about uh, in seminary is the support that you get from fellow classmates, from the priests there, that you're not all by yourself, you know, going through this alone. Would you say that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the seminary, you're living in a community environment. My first year there, the college had, I believe, 92, uh, guys studying across the four years. Um, so there were a lot of us, uh, going through the same thing together, um, praying together, learning together, uh, relaxing together. Um, and so in that Catholic community, you're, you're sharing, um, those more intimate moments of your life you know, your relationship with God with each other, and really uh, encouraging each other, being uh, sounding boards for each other, um, and also challenging each other a little bit, you know. um, One of the things that Bishop Campbell liked to do at the end of the summer was have just a little half-hour meeting or so with all of his seminarians, and he would always ask the same questions of, you know, what was a joy for you this past year, and what was a struggle? And there was Mm -hmm. one summer I came to him and I said, you know, Bishop, my answer to those questions is the same. It's living in community. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're really beautiful things. Men praying together is an awesome thing and it needs to happen more uh, in our church. But also there's that aspect of, you know, being in a rock tumbler or iron sharpens iron. um, Pieces of rock break off in a rock tumbler and, and sparks fly when iron sharpening iron. And so you have those little uh, you know, head butts and and maybe some people that don't get along as well with others. But really, I think that's a growing aspect, and it in some ways it prepares you for parish life.
0: <laughs> that's right, and it, it's like family. It's it's not that different than family. So
1: after exactly. college
0: seminary, um, sounds like moving forward to theology was the next logical transition. Um, how were those years?
1: Um, yeah, so I applied for theology right after finishing the three years in college. Um, I felt that I had grown in my faith and my certainty about this vocation to the point where, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to commit to doing this. Um, and the church responded, we think you are as well. Um, so those last four years, the years studying theology, um, really intensely, um, there were also, I would say overall good years. I grew in again, my relationship with God and sort of made those formal steps. Um, uh, to to ordination, there was um, some struggles in that time. Um, I think the biggest one was, you know, the summer of two thousand eighteen when um, the horrible allegations uh, against uh, Theodore McCarrick uh, came out, and, and then it wasn't just him that was like, okay, we have this this problem, this ugly problem of of abuse in the church rearing its head again. Um, and that was sort of my first experience with it. I was, uh, what, six years old in 2002. So none of that Uh, was present to me as a six year old. And it's not really part of my, um, own history of the Catholic church. It's not something personal to me. I've, I've heard about it and, and it's terrible, of course. Um, but really that summer was when I had to grapple with it, um, in a, in a personal way. Um, and one of the things that my spiritual director at the seminary really helped me with was recognizing that, you know, the church is a human institution, that there are these um, dark, ugly corners to it. And that's part of, you know, giving yourself uh, to the church is, you know, while the Holy Spirit is present in the church, it's the body of Christ, it's still made up of both saints and sinners and sometimes that sin is is really ugly um but then the challenge from that um that i eventually figured out is then all right i'm not going to be one of the ones to add as best i can to those dark ugly parts of the church right so it's like our personal holiness our our growth in that is then my contribution to the church um not the sort of ugly um, things of abuse that we Yes. Uh, we've seen.
0: Yes, and that's a good lesson for all of us. That's what we have to work on our yes. own personal holiness, our own corner of the kingdom. Yes. So you made it through that challenge, you made it through the infamous COVID year and in 2021 you were ordained a priest for the diocese of Columbus. What was your high point that's of good. that day, Father?
1: Um so the ordination of course was beautiful when all the priests come over to lay their hands on on your head during the ordination, right? Um, that was such a powerful moment of entering into this new sort of brotherhood, um, but also the hundreds of years of priestly ministry that all those hands have done, um, all being prayed over me in a very particular way was powerful. Um, having my hands anointed, being set apart for God, um, you know, these aren't my hands anymore. Um, that was also just an incredible, um, moment. Um, I think the two most powerful moments, aside from, you know, actually celebrating Mass there for the first time with the bishop, happened before and after um, the Mass. After Mass, you know, the priest gives his first blessing. And my first blessing, my first first blessing was to Bishop Brennan during the Mass. Um, but then the next ones were for my parents. And that was mm-hmm. just a really powerful moment of, you know, they have given me so much throughout my life. And now, I'm returning that with this blessing. And there's a special formula you can find for parents that, that talks about, um, you know, re- blessing them and, and God rewarding them for all they've done for me in this life, but also looking forward to to their um, eternal salvation and blessing that too, which was like, I don't want to think about that right now, but here we are. Getting <laughs> um, into to those eternal things. Wow. Uh, yeah. Before, also, I beautiful. spent a little bit of time in adoration uh there in front of the tabernacle at saint paul's and crying in public isn't really something that i like to do so that was part of my prayer was just lord help (laughs) me keep it together uh during the ordination mass and uh and god said yes to that prayer but that also meant that the tears would happen then so it wasn't that i was crying but there were just like these tears of of beauty and and of trying to be open to receiving that Uh gift of ordination just a little bit later oh that is beautiful and now you're
0: serving as parochial vicar at Saint Peter in Chillicothe. I know uh, Father uh, Timothy Hayes is there, Father Milton, and we can't wait to see what you do there and uh, and beyond there and serving our diocese. And we are so grateful for your priesthood, uh, Father Jacob Stadett from Saint Peter's in Chillicothe. Um, just one one in like the last thirty seconds. Any advice to maybe someone out there thinking about the priesthood?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing is. Just continue to pray uh, every day, build up that relationship with God, um, and also know that it takes time before you hear that uh, call of God, and also be willing to, to jump in a little bit. Um, you know, we never have that 100% certainty that maybe we want in discerning a vocation, but if things are pointing in the right direction, you know, go, go try out seminary for a year or something, and if it's really obvious that that's not going to work, that's fine too. Um, But, yeah, give God a chance.
0: (laughs) Test the call. Great words. Father, could you leave us with your blessing?
1: Of course. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for the gift of the priesthood of your son to the church, of the sanctifying power that it brings to all of our lives. I thank you in a particular way for the gift of my priesthood, and I offer your blessing to all those who listen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Stinnett, for joining us, and thank you for listening.
0: And join in on Saturdays and Sundays at 1230 for another edition of Answering the
1: Call. Have a great week. God bless.